Welcome to episode 38 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on Tokyo Disney Resort, and we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us at tdrexplorer.com, on Twitter at tdrexplorer, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. I'm your host, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and as always, I am the one eating all the seasonal offerings, and we just got news that there's going to be new food coming in the fall, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow my personal account, at Lover. and joining me, as always, is the always beautiful Patricia. Oh, thank you, Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Trisha, I'm the co-host for uh, TDR Now and uh, official photographer for TDR Explorer. You can find me on Twitter at Dream Suites Love or in line for the last flight, not the last flight, but the last, my last flight of Storm Rider on the last day crying, crying in the queue. No, not really, but Aww. almost. No, I got teary eyed. I really Aww. did. So it was almost. <laughs> almost. It was actually almost. a really nice atmosphere. But okay, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about on the show. We've got news. We've got our crowd forecast, as usual. We've got our Tokyo Disney Resort 101 on public transportation. Ooh, how are you going to get to the parks? We're going to tell you. We've got... Our uh, tribute to Storm Rider, and we're going to talk about um, the last day, what it was like. Um, we're going to tell you about the backstory of not just Storm Rider, but of the entire port, um, and some back down, background details which you might not know about. And uh, then we are going to do our park tip, our listener questions. We got a really interesting one, an international uh, question today, and then we'll tell you what's going on next episode. News time, guys. The news actually this week is really awful. Um, it's it's really terrible. So Minnie's voice actress, uh, Yuko uh, Mizutani, has passed away at age 51 from breast cancer. Um, she did voices, of course, Minnie, uh, really notable for that. She did voices for Chibi Maruko-chan, among many, many other uh, projects. And, you know, she's was extremely well known and beloved within Japan and um, I, I'm sure beloved with many of the uh, international people who came to Tokyo Disney Resort and, and always heard her cheerful voice in shows and attractions um, so it's it's really it's, it's such a shame she died so young and um, just really really sad news it just it just happened today actually as uh, as we're recording this so i keep forgetting um but yeah awful 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 news you know and we send our 
condolences. I don't know if they're listening. You're, you're probably not listening, but we send our condolences to her family and those surviving her. And, um, you know, we, we won't forget the many memories that we have, whether it's uh, from show TV shows or at the parks. Um, you know, she's going to uh, live on even though she's not with us physically anymore, you know, um, in the many things that she worked on. So goodbye to Yuko Mizutani and thank you for so many wonderful, wonderful memories and happy moments. Um, also kind of a bummer, but nowhere near as sad. Obviously, um, we Stormrider closed on uh, May 16th, 2016. Um, you might have seen it on Twitter under uh, hashtag Stormrider Forever. Um, and uh, we'll talk about this a little later, but there was a huge, huge turnout. Um, everyone who was in the area uh, that could make it to the resort came to pay tribute uh, to ride it one last time, whether it was during the weekend, um, if they were working or at school or, or on the last day on Monday, if, if they could make it over. And we're gonna we're gonna go into more detail about that later. Um, in then then the tone shifts dramatically. Uh, in happier news, uh, chicken and waffles is coming to uh, to Tokyo Disneyland, and also s'mores. Chris, I know s'mores. I know s'mores. you would you would be very s'mores. upset if I left that out. <laughs> <laughs> I am super super excited for s'mores because I love s'mores. So much that well, when when was it? I bought that s'more in Shibuya, like I don't know, February. Oh, or some, that's a good something. s'more though. That's Anzil Dominique. I paid like that's a masterpiece. I paid I paid like eight hundred, nine hundred yen for that thing, it, and it was delicious. Yeah. And I want more s'mores because s'mores aren't really a thing here. No man, Th- yeah. Thanks so. to him for. Br- I hope he brings it back um, next year for Valentine's Day because. He he does some really interesting, like whimsical things, you know. You can you can oh, okay, so okay, Chris, here's my here's my tip for you that's not a Disney tip. But if <laughs> they sell graham crackers at um Caldi, like honey graham crackers. Oh yeah, you see where I'm going with this. And um okay, this is what I've done. <laughs> this is really sad because I also like s'mores. I've gotten like a little <laughs> Like, you can do, like, a little barbecue at certain parks that have a barbecue area. Or if you want to go, like, the really, um, like, ridiculous uh, route, you could get, like, one of those little lighters that you can use to light things. And you can toast the marshmallow <laughs> on, on, a, on a, a, a hundred yen uh, skewer. <laughs> get this is some- like... I know. This is like the poor man's s'more. It's really right bad. I got really desperate one summer. You get the graham cracker, oh. you get some Meiji chocolate or Ghana, and you toast some marshmallow with your little cheapy lighter, and you can make it that way. Um, and it's not a s'more, but um, Max Brenner has fondue, which is kind of close, but not quite. It's toasted. Oh. I know. It's, it's making me hungry. We 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 always make each other hungry when we're recording this show. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? To, <laughs> I don't you know, know. And I can't even have sugar right now. You know that, right? Ugh. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna <laughs> keep. I'm gonna keep bringing it up so it tortures you even more. You know what's so and, weird is that it doesn't torture me. Like it's really freaky. Oh. No, it's really weird because I'm like a, an addict, like a sugar addict. <laughs> 
And um, this diet that I'm doing, it's like, it's really zen. I can watch people eating chocolate in front of me and I enjoy seeing it and smelling it. And I just, I don't feel, it's really weird. I think I've been like brainwashed. I don't feel the need to actually eat it. I do want to take pictures though. <laughs> Hmm. So that craving hasn't gone away. So it's really bizarre, but... That is that is kind of bizarre. It's really <laughs> freaking weird. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I might make an exception for this, so... I would. Yeah. And, and also to give people some context, here in Japan, graham crackers really aren't a thing. No, they're so, so hard to find and they're expensive. Yeah, if we do find it, it's ridiculously expensive and it's just... I miss it so much because it's such a summer thing to do. And I am so happy that we're going to get some form of it at Tokyo Disneyland. I know it's not going to be exactly the same, but at least they'll probably put some good effort into it. My friend. Which I'm really looking forward to. Go to Kaldi or Seijo okay. Ishii and they can special order things for you. Really? I yeah, didn't know that. for sure. Like I had a cooking class and we <laughs> <laughs> we had to order like beets because we were making borscht and um, they they ordered it for us even though they don't carry it normally. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, you could order kale. Kale's hard to find too. Hmm. I don't really eat kale normally, so I haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. Secret. It's like a secret ordering system. Mm. Hmm. I'm going to keep that in mind for next time. Next time I go there. <laughs> All right. So. So yeah, we're kind of we're kind of diverging here. So uh, this is Camp Woodchuck, which is the new themed area where uh, the luck was it the Lucky Nugget? Yeah, the where the Lucky Nugget was, way way in the back of the park, uh, to the right of uh, Big Thunder Mountain. That that area is like all closed off for the most part. So this area is going to open up. On November 22nd, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And not only we're we getting a restaurant that has outdoor indoor seating, a terrace that holds up to 440 guests. Wow, that's a lot of people. That's Yeah, that's going to eat up a lot of people. I don't know how much Lucky Nugget held before, but I don't think it was anywhere near 440 people. Because they, I think because they had the stage, right? Yeah, the stage took up a lot of space that I never saw them use it for anything. They, they would use it. Um, they used to have, like, a show there. And um, they uh, sometimes, like, kids would perform there, like uh, like uh, like kindergarten kids. Oh, okay. Kai performed on the stage. That's cute. I know. Okay, so you want to... Okay, speaking... Okay, this is totally off topic. But speaking of stages, Cape Cod used to have, like, a stage, like, on the roof of where the restaurant is. And they would have, like um, like, performances up there. And it was super duper awesome. Oh, that would have been really neat to see. Yeah, there's all these stages. I wish they would use them, you know? It's a small world. just having them sit there. Yeah, it's a small world also used to have a stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I knew, yeah. Yeah, so this is like, kind of like these, like, I don't know. Come on, guys, bring this stuff back. That's awesome. Banded stuff. Then, also, we have a Camp Woodchuck greeting trail, which we were hoping they were going to maybe do a Huey, Dewey, and Louie greeting, but they're doing a Donald and Daisy and they're getting brand new costumes. So that's not that bad. No, you know, I don't know. Because Huey and Dewey and Louie, what, what mm -hmm. did I just say? Huey, Dewey and Louie, um, you never see their, bo their, their bottom half, right? Yeah, it's always just their top. <laughs> yeah, so I, it would be interesting to see like how they would do it. Maybe they will. You never know, man. 
Yeah, maybe they're keeping it for like a special occasion or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. It would be cool. And then, on top of all that, there's going to be new merchandise, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's lots to look forward to to this new area, and it's all, like, Junior Woodchuck themed. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so cute. So, we're going to have, like, this little area that's going to have, like, um, exclusive merchandise, which is going to be really nice. I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. All right. So, what else we got? What else we got? Um, you know, we've been um we've been checking out the hotel from time to time, uh Disney Celebration Wish, and they're they're adding some stuff. So out exterior staying pretty much the same, that same yellow that it used to be. I feel it's a little brighter. Um uh, my husband thinks it's just cuz it's a new uh paint job, but um inside the accents look like uh like royal blue and some burgundy uh like curtains on the guest rooms. The signage is starting to go up, but it's covered with uh, tarp, but you can still see the logo underneath. And um, inside uh, looks like a Disney hotel, that kind of Disney-ish stripey wallpaper that they like to use. Um, you know, kind of Disney colors. So uh, we'll see it soon on June 1st, uh, but it's coming along. And I'm interested to see what the inside looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go check it out, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at it at all, so I don't know anything. <laughs> nah, you can't see that much. Like the only reason we no. saw even what we what we did was um because it was nighttime and I guess they were working on it and um so they had the lights on so you could actually see inside a little bit. Mm. You know, but it's it's not a lot to look at yet, you know? Um, the other yes. hotel, Discovery, uh, has not started. Guests are actually still staying in it. So um they have not started any work at all yet. But um, as we've seen with this hotel, um, uh, the work that they did do, the exterior is, is minimal, so they don't have to do a lot. Uh, the rooms, it's just changing the interior, I guess, the carpeting, putting that like sticker on the wall with the pictures, and then doing the lobby is probably the, the most of the work that they have to do. So they can do it quick. Yeah, they, they're running out of time. They <laughs> need to get their hustle on. No, I'm sure they're on a schedule, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're... <laughs> Sure, they're going to get it done in time. <laughs> uh, they better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, speaking of guests staying at the resort, uh, what does it look like? Are there a lot of guests staying at the resort um, in late May? So, our crowd forecast. Yeah. Uh, we get our information from tdrnavi.jp. They have the most up-to-date information on crowd levels at the parks, and they do it up to six months ahead of time. And to top it all off, it's also in English. Yay. <laughs> so we're going to look at the week of May 23rd. So over at Tokyo Disneyland, all week, it's going to be about 45 out of 100. So not very busy at all. And then over at Tokyo Disney Sea, it's a little bit busier with about 70 out of 100 on average all week. And that's pretty typical for this time of year because a golden week finished two weeks ago. Everyone's back at school, back at work, all that. There's no holidays happening right now. And everyone that, that's wanted to see the 15th anniversary would have saw, saw it, would have seen it <laughs> when it first came out in April. And we're also getting into the home stretch for Easter. So it's just overall a quiet time at the resort. 
And I'm doing quiet with quotations because our quiet is a little different than quiet in the U.S. Yeah, that's a so good point. It, it may feel a little busier than what you're used to, but for us, it's pretty quiet. So speaking of quiet, and this was a terrible segue because I don't know how I'm going to work that in to the next segment <laughs> uh, okay, at all. Okay, I got it. I got it. Speaking of quiet, uh, when you ride the trains and buses in Japan, you should be quiet because not a lot of people are talking in loud voices. Speaking of transportation, <laughs> sorry. we're going to talk about <laughs> I'm sorry, that was public terrible. transportation <laughs> <laughs> with our TDR 101. That was actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than mine. That's good. Uh, I had nothing after quiet. <laughs> I really didn't. I just, I'm not really good at improv. I need to get better oh my at that. God. Speaking of quiet, here's this uncomfortable silence while I think of a segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I need to compose myself. Yes. <laughs> okay. How are you going to get to the resort? There's multiple, multiple ways to get to Tokyo Disney Resort, depending on where you're coming from. So most of you are probably going to be going to the resort from the airport. So either the uh, Narita Airport or Haneda Airport. And you're in luck. There are buses that go straight to the resort from both airports. Uh, From Narita to Tokyo Disney Resort is about a 60-minute bus ride. And from Haneda Airport, it's about 45 minutes. And these buses run, I believe it's once every hour. Uh, you can you can check for the uh, schedule on both websites for the airports. They have all the schedule on there and the prices and everything. And there's also buses from Yokohama, which is a little further down south. So if you're down there for whatever reason, uh, maybe you came in on the Shinkansen and you got off at Yokohama for some reason instead of going to Tokyo. <laughs> or you live... Or you live down there. I don't know. Well, you know, we've we've used that bus before because we go from, and, and I think some tourists that stay like in the resort might do this too. So we left from Tokyo Disney Resort because we didn't want to take the trains, and then we just mm-hmm. came back using it because it was just easier than you know transferring and and everything. You could just take the nice relaxing, especially if we have kids. It's it's easier. Oh yeah, it's a lot easier. Much easier. Yeah. And then also, if you're staying like more central, uh, like let's say you're staying at one of the uh, partner hotels or something, there's actually a bus that goes from the resort to Akihabara. Yeah. And that only takes about 35 minutes. So you bypass that whole train line that goes to Tokyo Station. Mm-hmm. Because once you're in Tokyo Station, to go from the Keio line up to where all the other trains are in Tokyo Station... It's quite the trek. It's like a good 10-minute walk. It can be a nightmare, especially because, like, so from... If you're if, if you're coming from Akihabara and you want to get to the resort, you have to transfer... Um, you would take, like, the Sobu line, right? Or I guess, like, the Yama, Yamanote, so you could go by Tokyo Station. Either way, it's yeah. kind of, like, it's kind of a pain. So if you take Sobu line, you have to transfer at Nishifunabashi. If you take Yamanote line, it's going to get crowded and crowded depending on the time of day. And it can be, like, pretty rough, you know, especially if you have a large group or if you're traveling with kids. So these buses are a lifesaver, and they have Wi-Fi, which is amazing, you know. Um, and there's one that we didn't mention, actually, on the list, but um, from the Skytree, too, which is 
another popular tourist place. So if you're like sightseeing at the Sky Tree, like Asakusa, um, you can come from there or you can leave from the resort to go to the Sky Tree without having to take the different trains because um, you have to do quite a few transfers for that as well. Yeah, getting way up to Asakusa is not easy because you have to take the subway. Yeah. So you're going to have to transfer the subway at some point. Um, and so for Tokyo Station, that's where if, if you're taking any sort of train, you have to go to Tokyo Station and then transfer to get to the resort. So there's multiple ways to get to Tokyo Station. I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> no. But Google Maps... Google, Google Maps is excellent for this. It'll tell you all the information you need to know. Um, but I'm just going to go through some of the basic ones. Uh, if you're coming from other parts of Japan, so let's say you live up in Hokkaido or you live in Osaka or in Kyoto or Hiroshima or Fukuoka, and you're coming to Tokyo by Shinkansen, well, the Shinkansen goes right to Tokyo Station. Really easy. So once you get to Tokyo Station, you transfer there. And you go to the Keio line, and then it goes right to Maihama Station, where Tokyo Disney Resort is located. Now, if you're not taking the Shinkansen, and you live, you know, a little closer, maybe you live in Tokyo, or you live a little north in Saitama, or Ibaraki, or one of those places, the Chuo line is one of the major lines in Tokyo that goes right through central Tokyo, all the way to Tokyo Station, which is also one of the most busiest train lines in Tokyo and I live on that line so I know how busy it can be it is not pleasant in the mornings let me put it that way do they use the gloves to push you in the train uh yeah I kind of like that I think okay because I don't have to do it every morning so I'm kind of excited I'm like oh the gloves are out let's do this (laughs) (laughs) the gloves are out that is my life every morning when I have to go to work oh my okay I can't imagine it every morning that's that's crazy I know. I just throw on my headphones and just zone out. Wow. It helps. And then also to get to Tokyo Station is the infamous Yamanote line, which is the circular train line. So that's pretty easy to to get on. So if you get on and go the wrong way, Ah. don't worry. If you just stay on long enough, it'll eventually do a full circle. (laughs) Uh, the uh, Yamanote line goes to um, major places such as Shinjuku, Shibuya, Ikebukuro, uh, Akihabara, uh, Ibisu, all these really major touristy areas that that if you're staying in central Tokyo, you're probably staying at one of those areas. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, to go from Tokyo Station to Maihama Station, you take the Keio line, and sometimes you can take the... the uh, Musashino line as well. Oh, oh, one warning. Okay, this has happened to um, friends, both Japanese and foreign. The Keio line and Musashino line, that, that boarding area at the train station, there is one train, which is like a special direct train that takes you all the way out to the middle of nowhere Soga. And it's like, it passes, I think, Kasai Rinkai Park. And after that... I forgot what, what, there's one station, and after that station, it just goes direct, and it passes uh, Maihama, and then you... It's probably um, Shinkiba, it's probably where it Yes, stops. it's probably Shinkiba, yes, because that's like where there's a lot of transfers, and then it does not stop, and you are stuck on that thing for like 30 minutes out, and then 30 minutes back, 
uh, when you're coming back. So watch out because it has happened to both people who live here that I know and foreigners. So and it's not often. It's like a really rare train. And I'm like paranoid of getting on that train. So I always like double and triple check uh, like when I'm going home. And yeah, right. Because it's a little scary. Like you don't want to be stuck on there. You're like, no, as you no, pass by the resort. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, so the best thing to do is just make sure it says it's a local or a rapid. Yes, yes. If you get on one of those, you're fine. Don't get on anything else. Otherwise, you're gonna you're you're in for a ride. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Watch out and and check because they'll show you all the little stops on the screen. So if you notice, it's yeah. passing my helmet. It's so rare. I want to say it's like at seven something at night, and it's like only like one train or something. It's like super super rare. So yeah, it's one of those weird ones. I've never actually seen it, but I know of it, and I'm always paranoid as well that I'm going to get on it and then <laughs> I'm going to mess everything up. Right? You're like, oh my gosh, where am I? <laughs> yeah, what did I do with my life? <laughs> um, and one more note: when we say Tokyo Station. Um, you know, uh, where you get onto the Kale line, it's actually closer to Yuraksho. So if you are actually like sightseeing in that area, like the Marunochi, Yuraksho, like around the Tokyo Station area, and you want to go to um, the Kale line, um, you can save some time. If you're closer to Yuraksho, um, you can, um, you can go through, uh, Koksai Forum, the international forum. Or through the Japanese post office Kite, if you're sightseeing and doing some shopping there, you go to the basement and you uh, walk down that walkway. There'll be signs pointing to where the KO line is. Those take you pretty close uh, to that entrance of the Tokyo Station because it's it's quite a trek from the main part of Tokyo Station. So if you're closer to Yuraksho, don't make the mistake of going all, all the way down to Tokyo Station proper. That's a good tip. It's my, it's my station. <laughs> and then also um, from certain hotels, um, there's like uh, partner hotels and all that. They they also have shuttles that go to the park as well. Yes. Uh, they have all that information listed on the website in English. So just double check to make sure it has a shuttle and if it's a partner hotel and all that. So once you're actually there, you finally get there. Um you can, well, just walk to Tokyo Disneyland if you can. It's not that far. Um, Disney Sea, you can walk there, yes. It takes about 11 minutes. But if you don't want to do that, you can take the monorail. And the monorail, uh, you have to pay for it. And if you plan on riding it more than twice in a day and you don't have a day pass from your hotel, then it's best to buy a day pass. Um, if you're staying at the Disneyland Hotel or the Mira Costa, they do give you a monorail pass for everyone in your party. So you can use the monorail as much as you'd like. Um, and also another tip for the monorail passes. If you collect three that are on different dates and they're expired, you can trade them in at the monorail station or a exclusive pin that you cannot buy anywhere else. So make sure yeah. make sure you remember that. And it has to be three different monorail passes that have different dates on them. So if you have a if you have a three day pass monorail pass, that only counts as one, and you can't have the dates overlapping. It's a little complicated, but if you can make it work, do it. And if you live in Japan, 
Uh, you can also use this, the, the uh, Suica and Passamo cards to pay for the monorail as well. Or if you're if you're also visiting and you have a Suica card, you can use it. You know, you don't necessarily have to live here to have one, but everyone that lives here does have one of those cards for the most part. It's easier. I I would if you don't if you are visiting, I would I would get it anyway, unless you're like on that rail pass thing. I don't know how that works. Um, so maybe you can use that. I'm not sure if you can use that for the monorail or not, but you can check. No, you and can't. Can you? You can't? No, because it's oh. not a JR line. Oh. The pass is for JR lines only. So you can use the the JR pass to get to Myhama mm-hmm. Station because that's technically yeah. a JR line. Okay. But you can't use it for the monorail. Oh. Mm-hmm. But get a Suica. It's easier. I mean, it's, it's, super it's easy. just so useful. You can use it for vending machines. Yeah. That's dangerous, though, because you end up burning through your money. <laughs> I know. My son's like, Mommy, give me my sweet And I'm like, why? And he's like, vending machine. And I'm like, no. <laughs> we don't need. No. You don't need a hot chocolate. Exactly. Exactly. No. You don't need a pudding in a can. Okay. No. Speaking of things in a can. Oh, my. Okay. I, I, <laughs> this is kind of like a, a. Oh, my God. Have you found bread in a can? I did. Yes. I found bread in a can in a vending machine, and it's in in uh, the uh, Inokashira Park in Kichijoji. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with that. It, it actually doesn't taste bad. No, it doesn't. I bought I bought like the strawberry bread. Oh Like no. it was like I bought it and I like it opens like a can like. Yes, and it does a little clunk sound. Yeah, it's like clunk. And you pull up the bread. I'm like, this is actual bread in a can. And it was really good. Oddly enough, it was really good. Oh, the other... People are listening right now and they're like gagging. And we're like, no, it's really yummy. Well, to make people gag even more, uh, the one flavor was from... It was a special limited flavor from some prefecture. I don't remember which one. It was grasshopper there's grasshoppers in it. Oh, it's got protein. <laughs> I guess they have to offset all the carbs with something, right? There you go. <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> that okay. is that is our TDR 101 about how to get to the resort. So there's multiple ways to get there. And also, go on the official website. They have all this information well, most of this information, some of it we actually did ourselves. Um, they have it on the website, all in English. So, yeah, make sure you go check it out. They have a very detailed, um, uh, like, diagrams and stuff like that on how to get the resort. So, make sure you go check that out. Okay. I know last episode we were going to talk about our favorite lands and ports. I promise you we are going to still talk about it. But on the next episode, because <laughs> I'm really bad at planning stuff, and Patricia came up with this awesome segment tribute to Storm Rider. So we're going to talk about a port. <laughs> I guess so. There we go. Right. So it's kind of related. All right. So, you know, like we said in the news segment, Storm Rider is closed. So let's talk about Storm Rider. Let's talk about Storm Rider. Let's talk about. Um, Port Discovery, and let's talk about like the backstory and um, what was going on with that ride and what the last day atmosphere was like and everything. So um, let's start it off. Okay, so Storm Rider um, was an opening day attraction at Tokyo Disney Sea. 
um, and it officially opened on September 4th, 2001. Uh, of course, there was preview days, uh, but that's the official opening. And it closed on May 16th, 2016. Okay, uh, and what, if you haven't been to the resort, uh, you might be wondering, what, well, what, what, what is Storm Rider? What is this? Why, why should I care? Um, so um, here's the story. Okay, so Storm Rider um, was this simulator ride and uh, the idea was that it would take you into the eye of a level five storm. And in the story of, of, the, of the area of like the port, right, there's this group of people called the CWC, the Center for Weather Control. Okay, and in the story, the Center for Weather Control gathered scientists from all over the world and they developed something called the Storm Rider Project uh, to cope with different storms. And um, they gathered together and they developed Storm Rider. They wanted to show the results, <clears throat> excuse me, of what they had built. Um, so they... Um, they invited people to come to Port Discovery to see uh, the culmination of all their efforts. And um, Storm Rider, of course, is part of the Storm Rider project, and um, it became successful in diffusing storms. And um, the sci scientists uh, to do this developed, of course, a storm diffuser, which is a giant missile that causes storms to dissipate harmlessly instead of slamming into the port. Um, and on the attraction, you would fly in a Storm Rider airship piloted by Captain Davis, um, who loves his peanuts, and um, you would escort the storm diffuser and demonstrate it in the center of a storm. And um, when the storm diffuser goes off, there's a massive explosion, um, but that's okay because you'll be miles away by then. So what could possibly go wrong? Um, so that's the story. Of the attraction, right? The Center for, Center for Weather Control uh, creates this incredible um, device, right? You, you can you can diffuse storms. It's a huge breakthrough, right? Um, it, uh, Chris, have you ever been in a level five storm? Um, I can't say I have in a okay. real one. Well, <laughs> right? It's so. Let me tell you, uh, I grew up in Florida, in Miami, and I have been in a level five storm and it is terrifying oh <laughs> it is horrible and um the damage it causes is it's like unbelievable um so i mean if they had created something like this in real life yeah there should be a party <laughs> you know uh, and and that's kind of like what i liked about this attraction in this port because, you know, Disney Sea covers things from like like fantasy on the sea. You have like Mermaid Lagoon. You have like these exotic ports like Arabian Coast. You have um, this like kind of like mysterious island, you know, and you've got like the beautiful Mediterranean Harbor. But um, this is kind of like the port that dealt with some of the dangers that you get from the sea. You know, so I always thought that was really cool. So um, let's look at the port story. Port Discovery is this marina where scientists have gathered and they created the Center for Weather Control, as we mentioned before, and Storm Rider was developed and um, they wanted to announce its success and they wanted to share that with the public. So um, Port Discovery um, is perpetually having a festival to celebrate a Storm Rider project. 
Okay, uh, and so when you enter the land, there might be something that you notice when you look down. And um, Chris, what do you notice about the ground when you walk into Port Discovery? You know what? I never paid attention <laughs> to that. I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh geez, oh geez, I don't know. Could <laughs> because before <laughs> this is really dumb. I always. Uh, related strawberry popcorn with port discovery because that's where it always was oh it's so good too it was good yeah so sorry i don't i'm trying to think i'm completely drawing a blank so okay hint what hint what color is the floor in port discovery pink like a pink reddish color isn't it yeah you're close you're close red red okay like like a red carpet Oh. Right? Because they've rolled out the red carpet. They are welcoming guests to see their discovery, to see what they've created. Okay? So it's like a big party atmosphere. Okay? So the ground is red um, when you walk into the port. Um, and uh, something else that you'll see is an attraction. Right? And that other attraction is Aquatopia. Okay? So... Aquatopia is is actually kind of really interesting. Um, Aquatopia is it's something else that the scientists created, and what it is is it's a new way of moving around using the ocean systems, and it's a vehicle that they use to study ocean movements. Um, but within the story, um, they use it for the festival as an attraction to um, that the people can enjoy for a limited time while they're celebrating Storm Rider, right? And uh, kind of like an interesting trivia, um, Aquatopia is the only attraction, in quotation marks, in all of Disney Sea because it's an attraction in the story of the port. It's, it's, an act- it's like a ride in the story, right? Everything else is not an, a, an attraction. It's... You know, it's like um, like Storm Rider is like this uh, the experience of riding in the you know the the scientist's new project, right? Or Indiana Jones, you're going on an adventure, but this is an actual attraction or ride to attract people to this area to see what the scientists have created. So essentially, Aquatopia is meta. It is. It's meta. It's super meta. <laughs> That's awesome. And. Uh, Isn't it awesome? And so one extra point, when you ride Aquatopia, you might notice that the cast is extra cheerful there because it's supposed to be a festival environment. Huh. I did not know Mm -hmm. that. I did not know that. Yeah. So a lot of really interesting things. And and kind of like a, a weird point right now is that with Storm Rider gone, the port kind of doesn't have a story anymore mm. so it's kind of like in a weird like a weird status right now so i guess they're gonna rewrite the story or change the story we're gonna have to see and we're gonna have to ask cast members once this new attraction opens in its place what the story is now for the port hmm. that's a so really good of, question actually yeah because it's it's basically all tied to storm Rider, like everything so it's really weird. Okay, so um, that's that's the story of the port. That's the story of Storm Rider and the Storm Rider Project and the CWC. And um, so now, you know, let's talk about the last day atmosphere. So um, 
I wasn't able to go on the week. I have a weird schedule. I, I actually work a lot on the weekends and then on some weekdays I don't work. So um, I had a friend who went on the weekend and she was telling me about everything that was going on and how the lines were huge. And um, it was like this really like fest, like this really great atmosphere. People coming to pay respect uh, to an attraction that was an opening day attraction, taking pictures with the cast member, almost like they're like characters, right? And doing poses with them. And um, the last day was no exception. Um, I I I was actually free earlier in the day, so I could have gone to get the last flight ticket. But I really, really, really wanted to ride with my son because he loved that attraction. That was like one of the only attractions that he wanted to ride at Disney Sea. So um, I waited for him to get out of school. We ran down to the taxi, jumped on the taxi, and I'm telling him the whole way, look, it might be line cut. We might not make it, but let's go and let's stay as long as possible. And let's say thanks to the cast and let's um, let's go and enjoy, you know, as much as we can you know um but we made it in time for the line cut um the line when we got into it was a little over three hours i want to say either three three and a half or three hours and 45 minutes about and the line was um extending into lost river delta um the um so it was it was it was interesting you know like all these people it was so interesting because all these people came out to pay their respects and it was a Monday. It was a work day, you know, and a school day. But the line was like enormous. And, um, you know, you you rode the attraction and I got I got a little teary eyed because, you know, I I remembered all the times my son was so tiny. He used to be so scared of the attraction and everybody, you know, had the the lines memorized like the green chica chica the green flashing light and the his the captain davis's uh peanut snacks and everything and um you know people like enjoyed their their last flight ever for that day and you know it was it was really a wonderful experience like applause at the beginning applause at the end saying thank you to the cast after writing it. Like the last day of an attraction at Tokyo Disney Resort is is a really special thing. Even if you don't ride the last, last time, it's it's really great to be part of that atmosphere. And um, one of the really uh, strange things that happened that day was um, the last flight of the day was supposed to happen at 10 o'clock, but um, there was an earthquake at the park, not a big earthquake. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like, you know, dangerous or anything, but um, of course, any any size earthquake that's around, I want to say a two or, or, or a three, even though it's not big, um, any size earthquake, they do want to check to make sure everything is working properly. It's safe to board the attractions. So um, the attractions were closed for safety checks. And um, the last flight was actually delayed until we kept checking on Twitter. I think it was until like 1140 or something like that. And um, you could see on Twitter, a lot of people were streaming videos. Um, we, we couldn't stay until the very end um, because, uh, you know, of course, we had school the next day. Um, but uh, people were staying, applauding the cast members. Um, 
and uh, a lot of the people um, and a lot of the cast members too they couldn't catch the last train home so um, I, I saw some stories on Twitter I know there was one person who slept in the sports park maybe more than one person um, and I guess some people had to take taxis home so I don't know how um, a lot of people got home I think the cast members were probably able to stay at E-Village because I think they do have extra rooms um, in case uh of situations like this um so they probably were able to stay there for the night um some other things that happened that day um like i said a lot of people taking pictures with the cast uh it was like really weird it was almost like the the cast members became like mickey mouse you know <laughs> so people were doing like the level five pose right so they would make an l with one hand and um the number five with the other hand um, another one is like the Roger base, right? Like a salute. Um, so there were a lot of people taking pictures of the cast members one last time. Um, story papers were limited to one per group. Uh, and I, I was like, you know, talking to the cast member, I'm like, look, there's two of us, <laughs> you know, give us, can we have one in English and one in Japanese, you know? And, um, eventually we ended up getting another one somehow, but, uh, yeah, the story papers are being super, super strict with those. It was a really, it was a really great experience. Other things were um, there was special commemorative merchandise. Uh, so there was um, a pin, a nano block set, a folder, and a postcard. I want to say I think that was all of it. Um, I think I think. Oh, and I have one more thing. Okay, so I did get a, a story paper one last time um and i'm gonna read to you what it says we can put up pictures on the website but um it's from the cwc it says storm rider at the top it says welcome to the center for weather control it says uh, and it explains what the cwc is the cwc is a research institute dedicated to the study of uh, severe storm systems and to the development of methods to control these storms today the cwc would like to introduce you to its newest invention, a flying weather laboratory known as Storm Rider. And underneath you can see a picture of Storm Rider and a picture of the storm diffuser with an explanation. The storm diffuser is launched into storms where it explodes and causes their energy to dissipate. One diffuser is loaded onto each Storm Rider. And on the back, um, it shows you the strategy for storm control. Uh, number one, pilot into the eye of the storm. And it shows the storm rider vehicle flying into the eye of the storm. Number two, launch the storm diffuser. Phew, it goes flying out. And number three, explosion dissipates the storm energy. And you see an explosion. And at the end of the story paper, it says, We hope you enjoy this demonstration of state-of-the-art storm control technology aboard Storm Rider. Fasten your seatbelt once you're on board and please place your personal articles under the seat. And I want to say with that, we've covered everything Storm Rider. Everything. <laughs> I think. I want to say. Okay. That was pretty detailed. So, I'll give you that. That was pretty I, detailed. That was good. I did a lot of research. Okay. I, really I, I can tell. I can tell. So when, when was the first time you rode Storm Rider? Do you remember? I think it was... The second anniversary of Disney Sea. So 2003? Was it 2000, 2002? No. Because Disney Sea opened 2001? Yeah. You said second anniversary? 
second year. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Second year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was a little later. <laughs> uh, for me, it was in 2010. That was actually my first visit to Disney Sea, and oh my gosh, I got to ride it then. And the last time I rode it was actually for last month. I didn't get to ride it on the last day. I was actually at Disneyland that day, and that was because uh, one of my friends was visiting, and he was at Disneyland that day with his ticket. So I was ah! over there with them. No, Chris, what were you? You were at the parks. I was at Disneyland. <gasps> I have to take away your annual pass. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was stuck on Haunted Mansion, okay? When the, when that earthquake hit, I got stuck on Haunted Mansion. That's your punishment. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, it's kind of freaky in a way because we were we were actually in transition from one room into the, the uh, ballroom scene. We were like in between. Oh, and yes. it's like pitch black, right? And uh-huh. we're going and I feel my, my pocket starts vibrating. And, you know, at first I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, whatever, I, I'm, someone's messaging me or something. But then oh, I noticed man. it was that it was a weird, like a weird vibration pattern. I'm like, is someone phoning uh-huh. me? I'm like, no. So I pull it out and I look. I'm like, oh, it's the alert system saying there's an earthquake. And as soon as I was able to read it, that's when everything started shaking. And then the ride stopped. And then yeah. they came on with an announcement saying, you know, the ride has temporarily been suspended and will resume shortly, yada, yada, yada. Let me tell you, that that stupid alarm. I mean, I guess it's good because you're supposed to get that reaction. Yeah. But I have like the like post-traumatic stress syndrome from that. So I hear it and I start getting like palpitations and I start sweating and we were in Ambassador Hotel. We were about to take a taxi home. And the lobby had a, a pretty good amount of people in it. And then you hear the sound. Like the bling, 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 bling. And I'm like, oh, my God. And Kai, like, went straight under, like, one of the tables. And the sound is scarier than the earthquake. It is, oh, my gosh, a mini heart attack. I swear. I guess it's good. You're supposed to have that reaction so you can, you know, move and get ready. But oh, oh my gosh! It's yeah, it's terrible. meant to kind of prepare you. Even though it 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 might be like not even a ten second warning. At least you know it's coming. I guess at least it worked this time. You know, yeah, it was strange. Yeah, but uh, yeah, going back to Storm Rider. So yeah, I I didn't get to ride it the last day because I was at Disneyland. Um. Otherwise, I would have been there. But, say lovey. Uh, I wrote it, I think it was uh, in April. I wrote it last. And I took some pictures and all that. It was It was kind of sad to see it go. Even though Storm Rider is not my favorite attraction, it was far from it. But I appreciate what it does for Port Discovery and how important it is to that area. So... I'm a little sad that it's gone and I'm not too sure what's going to happen with the Finding Nemo that's going to replace it. I don't know what's going to happen with that. If it's going to be good or if it's going to be terrible. I'm, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to build a good attraction. Yeah. The thing is, for me personally, it's always sad to lose something original, right? Something that's not movie tie-in or like character related. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And then number two, it's such a central part to the story of that port that it's a shame that if you were going to upgrade it, you could have done like a Storm Rider like level two or something like that, right? And yeah. upgrade the video quality or, or do something to change the attraction in some way, right? Yeah, just to, give to it, upgrade it. Just because it nice it's so upgrade. central to the story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like for me, like I'm sure the Nemo ride's going to be fantastic. You know, I do love the Nemo movies, but I... I don't like it in that port. I really don't. I, it could fit in Mermaid Lagoon perfectly. Hello, it's under the sea. You know? Um, it, it just is not... And I'm usually not one of those people. I'm usually not one of those people that's like super like, oh, it's breaking the theme. It should never go there. Like, it's going to ruin everything. You know what I mean? Like, when Monsters, Inc. opened in between like World Bazaar and Tomorrowland, I'm like, well... It's close to World Bazaar and it's kind of like a city next to a town. You can kind of do like that mental gymnastics to fit it in there in your mind. Yeah. But this, I just, I don't like it. I don't know why. You know, I just really, I'm really unhappy with it, you know, with what with what they're doing. But I'm sure the attraction, I like, I'm, it's not going to be a bad attraction. It's. I'm sure it's going to be a beautiful attraction with new technology and it's going to be cute and it's going to be fun but for me i i just don't feel like it belongs there you know mm-hmm. well i guess we will have to wait until 2017 to see what they come up with my son goes you know mommy if we go with friends and they want to ride the ride we should ride it one time <laughs> i'm like okay sweetie <laughs> <laughs> that's cute it's really cute he's like we should write it one time for them (laughs) just for them no one else it's like he's so ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it that's awesome oh my god oh and also in the next well i I guess by the time this episode comes out uh, we should have some some of this information on the website and there's also a lot of fan art that's actually been popping up on Twitter to dedicate oh, for sure. that dedicates sto- dedicated to Storm Rider, and some of them are really good. Like I was looking yeah. at them, and I kind of like got a little like emotional. I'm like, it's just a ride, but looking at this picture just makes me sad. It's it, yeah. There was a lot of love, uh, like leading up to the closing, and and on the the we- last weekend and the last day, like. A lot of people came out, you know, to pay their respects. It was it was really it's a really interesting atmosphere. Thank you so much, Storm Rider. It's been fun and I guess we'll see you in your in your new incarnation of Finding Nemo <laughs> next year. Stupid finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So All right. park tips. Park tips, Patricia. Okay, here's tip. my park tip. Because <laughs> I I keep forgetting because they they train you. You know, Disney parks train you like to be ready with your fast pass and your ticket and everything. So friendly reminder and my personal tip of the week. Um when you go to so okay, wait, Chris, I have a question for you. What's that? At um at Disneyland, like you you went to Once Upon a Time recently, right? Yes. Okay, so this is my question because I didn't know if they do it for Disneyland or not. Do they scan your ticket or do they scan the ticket you won? 
Uh, they scanned when I last saw it. They scanned the ticket I won because it had a special barcode on it. Oh, okay. So this is only for Disney Sea. Oh, for now. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing it's also going to change at Disneyland. Um, so at Disney Sea, do not see, and that's also problematic because if they're doing it one way at Disneyland and doing it one day at Disney Sea, it confuses people. So when you go to Disney Sea, and let's say you don't do the ticket thing on your phone, like the lottery on your phone, let's say you do the lottery at the machine and you get like a physical ticket, do not have your ticket out. Only have your park ticket out because they do not care about the ticket. Um, they do not scan your your um, lottery ticket. They only scan your park ticket. And then everybody has their show ticket out and it creates this huge bottleneck um, because nobody knows that that's the way you're supposed to do it. You know, because it's like this completely new way when they have us trained, even still at Disneyland, to do it the other way. So I don't know why they do that. Um, and why they don't just change it all the way through and why they don't tell you when you get your ticket, your ticket doesn't matter. Just have your park ticket out when you win the ticket. So I don't understand. It's really unorganized and it's like really weird. So I don't know why they do it that way. But yeah, so my park tip is when you go to Big Ben Beat, don't worry about your physical lottery ticket. Just have your park ticket out. Yeah. And make sure you have your seat memorized then. <laughs> I mean, you still have your, your ticket as a reference, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need to show it when you're going inside. Yeah. That's a good tip. I like that. Because the thing is, it creates like this big bottleneck. And they're telling you, in Japanese, have your ticket out. But if, if you're from um, a different country, then you might not know what they're saying, you know? So it's very confusing. Good point. That's a good one to know because that one's a little little tricky. It is, especially if you don't speak Japanese. So, you know, yeah, definitely. So now you know. Okay, so next we're going to move on to our listener question. If you guys want to send us your questions, and please do, you can send them to us, contact at tdrexplorer.com. So send us whatever questions you have, and we will try our best to answer them on the podcast. And we do read all your questions, so please keep them coming. So this one, as Patricia mentioned earlier, this is a little international. And this one comes from Sven. Sven? S-V-E-N. Sven, kind of like from Frozen. It's, yeah, it's like the Frozen character, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so, so sorry, um, Sven. <laughs> just to give a little bit of context, um, I'm not going to read their entire email. So here's the first part. My home park is Disneyland Paris, and I find it very interesting to compare it with Tokyo. Entertainment seems so much better there and also the food. There are so many varieties, and I also listen to your podcast about the American parks. Sorry. And I also listen to podcasts about the American parks, where they keep talking about food as well. In Paris, however, even though France is the country for food lovers, it's rare to see any special food special food dishes at all. I have to admit that I usually go to the same restaurants, but still, it feels as if, compared to the other resorts, it falls a bit short. So, my question is, when you were at Disneyland Paris, and he's talking about me, because Patricia hasn't gone yet, and she needs to. <laughs> I know, I've driven by it. <laughs> um, did you have that feeling? Well, I visited Disneyland Paris in 2012, so that was about four years ago. So things could have changed since then. I'm not too sure. And I thought about this for a while, actually. Um, just 
like what we ate when we were there. And honestly, nothing sticks out in my head. Like nothing just jumps out at me like, oh my goodness, I wish I can have that again. Nothing comes to mind at all. The only thing that was memorable was our steak dinner at Walt's restaurant. And that was a very good steak. And that's probably because here steaks are not exactly cheap, nor are they easy to get in Japan. No, they they cost like a good steak costs like a fortune here. Yeah, um at Magellan's, like if you want to get the steak dinner, that's like what seven, eight thousand yen? Something like that. But but like that's a course me that's a course menu. Yeah. And the steak that you do get is it's not tiny. like it's not like fine steak. You no, know what it, I mean? It, it's not like you're getting Kobe beef or something like that. No, no, it's not. You know, so but that that you're getting the whole course in, yeah. in the atmosphere. I think that's why, you mm-hmm. know. So to kind of answer the question, yeah, I kind of felt like Disneyland Paris's food was kind of it was there and there was nothing special to me about it. Like it wasn't bad that I can remember. Like I don't remember having anything that I didn't like. It's just I didn't there was nothing memorable. There's nothing cute that I can think of. I don't think there was anything cute that was available. Uh, popcorn. I don't recall ever having any popcorn or anything like that. So, yeah, it's it's a little disappointing that, you know, France is supposed to be, you know, the place for food lovers. And Disneyland Paris seems to fall a little short in that. That's like super surprising, you know? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But when we did eat at Walt's restaurant, it was delicious. I I do remember that. It was really good. The service was fantastic. Uh, We weren't denied alcohol like we were at uh, Carthay Circle in Disneyland that one time. Why? What happened? This was back in, uh, I want to say like 2012, 2011, something like that. So Mm -hmm. we were at California Adventure. We had a reservation with Carthay Circle. And we go there and we order, we both order like a nice steak dinner. And we also wanted to get a nice glass of wine with our steak dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, they asked us for our, our, our IDs. Fair enough. Oh, we gave them, yeah. uh, we gave them our driver's license, our Canadian driver's license. And they said they couldn't accept that. What? And we asked, well, why? Like, this is a perfectly valid ID. And it shows that we're both clearly over 21. And they said, no, we had to show our passports. And we said, well, we don't bring them to us to the Disney parks. We leave them in our hotel in a safe where they should be. That's ridiculous. And so without like we we didn't want to cause a stink or a fuss or anything. That's that's one time when you should ask for a manager, like not get angry or anything. But look, you know, can I can we please speak? you know, to somebody else or like a manager yeah. or something like I, a cop, like not, it's not, you know, yeah, like not to was, make a stinker or a fuss, but like, because that's, that's like a, a, you know, you did have valid ID from your country. Yeah. You know, that's really sad. But we were redeemed last year. We went to Carthay Circle again in 2015 and we had a fantastic time. We had no issues whatsoever with being ID'd or anything like that, everything went yeah. smoothly. So they redeemed themselves, which is awesome. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, going back to Disneyland Paris there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I 
I honestly can't think of anything that I can remember that really stood out in my mind. There was like Sorry. one thing I wanted from Disneyland Paris. Which is that? Um, it was like for, I want to say for like an anniversary or something. And they had like a collaboration with, um, I think, was it, it was either Pierre Hermé or La Durée. I forgot which one. Maybe La Durée. And it was like these macarons, um, like these uh, special macarons, like it came in like a really pretty box and everything. Oh, I don't and remember. That's like, I think that's like the only food that I saw like in the news or something because I love macarons and it looked really lovely and the packaging looked really beautiful and it looked and you can't go wrong with La Durée or, or, or Pierre Aimé whichever one it was I, I'm sorry that I can't remember right now but that looked really good hmm. but I've never been so I don't know yes you so need sad. to go you need to go it's a it's a lovely it, park it really is it's crazy I've been you know that I have like this really weird thing except for Hong Kong when I go to a country the first time, I usually don't go to the Disney park. So when I came to Japan for the first time, and we had the option to go too, they're like, you want to go to Disneyland? I'm like, no, no, I want to explore the city. And the same when I went to France the first time, um, I was like, no, 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 we don't need to go. You know, I have, you know, whatever. It's fine. And we drove by it. We drove by it in the car. But I never, and that's back when it was like Euro Disneyland. It wasn't called Disneyland Paris. You know, but I, we got to, I have to go. I have to have a revenge trip to France. Yes, you do. <laughs> and, you know, my husband goes there on business and he refuses to go without um, Kai and I. So he hasn't been either, even though he's been like a few times, you know. That's nice like, of just him. Just go, just go, <laughs> you know. Or just go and tell us. Exactly. <laughs> go bring some souvenirs. You know, I don't I don't care if you yeah. I don't care if you go. Just go and have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Sven, for your question. It led to some interesting conversations about food, as we always talk about. <laughs> it always goes back to food. It does. Okay, so I think that does it for this episode. <laughs> we did it. Yay. Yeah, we talked about okay. Storm Rider, we talked about s'mores, we talked about how to get to the resort from the bullet train and the Planes, trains, and automobiles and all that. Well, <laughs> maybe not automobiles, but, but close enough. Close enough. So on our next episode, I promise we're going to talk about our favorite lands and ports at Tokyo Disney Resort. I promise you that is what we're going to talk about the next episode. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate all our listeners. If you guys have any like suggestions that you want us to talk about on the show or anything like that, send us an email and let us know and maybe we can incorporate into the show or something like, like that. I don't know. We'll try. Uh, make sure you rate us on iTunes and on Stitcher. Make sure you tell all your friends about us. Like If you know someone who's planning a trip to Japan, tell them to listen to our podcast. Tell them that they can listen to a crazy Canadian and a American talk about Tokyo Disney Resort and give you guys awesome tips on places to eat and all that fun stuff. Spread the word. Spread the word about us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, make sure you do. I am at Bernard Lover, and I promise I don't just talk about Disney. I do talk about other stuff sometimes. 
But yeah. <laughs> and then there's always my always chirpy, chipper co host, Patricia. Oh, I thought you were going to say like cranky and ranty. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not that mean. No, I'm usually peppy. Okay, so um, yeah, you can follow me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter and on Instagram. And Twitter is more Disney focused, Instagram is more whatever like sweets i can't eat sweets but i'm still taking pictures of sweets and and like um zaka which are like knickknacks and things like that and museums and things like that so that's my um instagram so it's a little different and thank you like chris said for listening to us ramble on about food and disney and japan and all that good stuff and rate and review us we love you guys um and We'll see you next week. All right, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Keep exploring.